media. Lord, I thank you that we can come here, Jesus, and laugh and have a good time. But Jesus, we love you. And so, Lord, we know that our hearts are, are, uh, have been prepared to hear your word today. And uh, we pray, Jesus, that it would indeed be spoken here at this place. We know it will. Bless your holy name. Well, when I was thinking about um, what I was going to share today, uh, I was going to share something a little different, but just standing up here, I just thought maybe it was time to share this other thing. And uh, you know how sometimes God can change your mind like that. Um, I call this upper spinal healing and seeing I guess an equal sign and let me explain how that all works as far as my testimony here uh, I think maybe the class has heard this but maybe they have forgotten I don't know maybe online has heard maybe they have forgotten but nonetheless um, a few months back I was cleaning the window that is over our front door we call it a transom window, I guess. And anyway, I lost my footing and, and I fell. And normally, you know, when you fall like that, you know, your hands go out and whatever, you catch yourself. But just simply the juxtaposition of everything that was there and everything around me, there just was no place to do that. And so when I fell... I banged my head against the floor. And so it just, of course, obviously hurt. And so I thought, wow, you know, God had healed my um, upper spine, and I told you about that last week. But I thought, Jesus, you're going to have to do this thing again. And I just almost felt like apologizing to him. God, I'm sorry that I did this to all your work that you did. But anyway, there was no need for that. You know, his hand is always there, you know, to pick you up and dust you off and help you to start all over again. Well, that's what I had to do. Well, um, when I went to pray, I saw two lines go by me. I thought, what in the world? You know, two lines like an equal sign, you know, one up here, one down there. But the first line was his uh, healing that went right up here to this vertebrae. And the bottom line of light I saw go to this vertebrae down here. Two rays of sunshine from Jesus. I thought, did I just see Jesus heal my back with my spiritual eyes? Two beams of light going right here. And I thought, Lord, I'm going to accept that that was you healing me. And I feel it right now as I say it. That was his power going through me, healing my upper spine here and here. Those vertebrae had gotten out of place by me banging my head. But God 
undertook. And I'm grateful for it. Amen. Hallelujah, Brenda. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'll tell you what, we serve a risen Savior. And he's in the world today. And he loves us and he lives. And I'm thankful and I praise him. Hallelujah. If there's anybody under the sound of my voice that needs to come forward, why don't you do that? Maybe you need a healing in your life. Maybe it's a physical healing. Maybe it's an emotional healing. God is there for you. He's watching you and he knows exactly what happened to you. He knows when. He knows if it was there at birth. Whatever your situation is, God knows more about it than even you do, than even I do. Why don't you take his hand today and invite him in as your Lord and Savior. Give him your heart. Take that load off of yourself and give it to Jesus. Because that's what he came for. He bled and died for you and for me. For all of our needs. Physical, mental, mental, emotionally, spiritually. So let's go ahead to Jesus here and pray. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for everything I said. Everything I did. Everything I thought that wasn't of you. And Jesus... Here's my physical situation. I give it to you. Lord, I know that you can heal me. You did it 2,000 years ago. And I'm receiving it today at this moment. And I'm receiving my salvation today at this moment. Cleanse my heart. Fix up my body. The only way that you know how to do it, which is perfect. And come into my heart and fix me up. And I pray, Lord, that you would help me to get to a church to be discipled. Truly discipled by people that truly walk with you and love you. In Jesus' name, we pray. This is a good place to come. I can truly say from the bottom of my heart that my husband and I have been more than blessed, more than satisfied coming here. This is about an hour, hour and a half from where we live. And it shocked us that this is where Jesus wanted us to be. But guess what? This is right where Jesus wanted us to be. We both heard it. I didn't say anything to my husband when I heard the word. He didn't say anything to me until a few hours later. And he said, honey, I think that's the place for us. And I said, well, you know what? Jesus told me that too. He confirmed it. And boy, have we been blessed to know everyone here. This is a wonderful place to be. So I invite you to the Pulse here at Gasaway. Or you might be led someplace else. That's between you and Jesus. But get where you can be fed and you can be discipled. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you.
Now, I even heard uh, something new this morning when she spoke. She didn't always tell me everything, you know. <sighs> anyway, good morning, everybody. I'm John Sandy. My wife, you just heard, Cynthia Sandy. Welcome to the Pulse in Gasaway, and it is a wonderful place to be. Those that are listening online, sometimes we have into the hundreds that listen Sunday morning with us, and we're glad to have all those with us as well. And I always say, if you're listening on delay as well, you're still on time. Good to have you all with us. My uh, notable quotable for today, you cannot earn God's forgiveness, but you can earn his trust. You cannot earn God's forgiveness, but you can earn his trust. We are saved not by grace. We are saved by grace through faith. And so we don't earn our salvation or forgiveness. He gives it. It's a gift. Your healing, your deliverance, prosperity, everything is a gift from God. And so I wanted to share that little little nugget right there for you. But we do earn his trust. And you, what do I mean by earning his trust? As you're faithful to him, as you do his will and not your own, as you seek him. John Fowler and I were talking coming up this morning about how so many times in the Bible we hear God say this, if you, if we, see there's a response in us, that causes us to receive all God has, God has done for us. We are on a new topic started last week, and I wanted to continue on with that, but I also want to take a step backward just for a moment on something that I shared last week that I wanted to elaborate on just a little bit more. And so I want to do that right now. <clears throat> this is part two on Don't Share Your Brain. Don't share. You can share your thoughts, but don't share your brain. <clears throat> we mentioned last week that the scripture that talks about how we need to have the mind of Christ in specifics, the scripture that I shared um, is uh, we must ask ourselves every day, who's in charge of our mind? Do we open up our mind to things we shouldn't open it up to? But what I want to share with you is a scripture uh, that talks about the mind. And we know there's a number of scriptures how we have the mind of Christ and things like this. Well, the translation for the word mind is yet, sir. And I mentioned this last week. It means imagine. So when you see the word mind, think of that means imagine. What is imagine? To see in the spiritual before you see in the physical. This is something that John and I talked about on the way up that was absolutely fascinating because uh, we need to guard our hearts, which by, means we guard the passageway to our hearts, which is our mind. So let's begin right there where we left off talking about the importance of uh, the imagination. I remember years ago, I imagined designing my own house. 
and I've talked about this before, and I would imagine it. I did drawings and drawings and drawings until I got it just the way I wanted it. And then the door opened for me to actually do it, and I got a chance to do that. So John and I were talking about uh, how important it is that we see things before we see it, and how it's one thing to speak something, but you have to believe what you speak. I mean, you can go around and name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, whatever you want, all you want, but find out, and John said it so well, he'd say it much better than I could, how, how wonderful it is that God has a plan for you. He actually has a plan specifically for each and I to do. So we need to find out what that plan is. What is God tugging on your heart about? What is God talking to you about? And you start there. And you start practicing what you feel that he's tugging on your heart. Because he has a still small voice. He's not going to slap you across the side of the face, but he will tug at your heart. And if you're silent and listening and meditating on him, as well as praying, God will start to reveal things to you. And he'll, he'll want you to imagine what he wants you to do. Now, being a former art teacher, that is like central for someone like me. I'm always visualizing and seeing things in my mind that I want to do, like the house. I would see the house. I would see myself walking through the rooms, climbing the stairs. Every inch of that house I would see in my mind as I walked through it. And then I would put it on paper. And then after I was ready, God proceeded to open up the door for that to happen. So it's really important that we imagine things, see before we can see. It really is a vital part of our being stimulated, uh, being alive, because God wants you to participate in the process. He doesn't want you to just simply uh, say, I'd like to have this. We hear that a lot, don't we? Boy, I'd love to have that. I'd love to have this or that. That's not enough. you got to find out what God is tugging on your heart about, and then proceed to see it in your spirit and believe it. Then we voice what we really believe, especially when we complain. <laughs> We're really showing our, our um, lack of faith, our unbelief, our doubt when we do so. So I wanted to go back at least review for just a moment what it was like uh, for us to imagine something. And remember, the word is yetzer, which means and it's referring to the mind. So when you see that in Scripture, then you will understand that uh, this is something that, that we need to do. We have to imagine that, and I hate to, I can't overemphasize that enough. And the Scripture I want to refer to is Isaiah 26.3. This is from last week, so you guys wouldn't have that up there. Uh, that we will keep, will keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Now, underline the word stayed. You can't be fickle. You can't be up and down, in and out. We've got to get to a certain consistency. Wouldn't you agree? We've got to get to a certain consistency in our life. So let's pick up from there. 
By definition, to be separated from God, uh, or to, let's go back and start wh where I left off. I talked about how important it was that, uh, about our mind and our heart and our thoughts, right? But the last thing I mentioned was how important it was that we never yield our will to the flesh. Because that is like this final stage where you are trusting God for something and you yield certain things to the devil, you let certain thoughts come in. But the important thing is don't ever get to the place where you have yielded your will. Because once you've done that, that is essentially that which separates us from God. God wants us to keep our mind stayed on Him so that He can complete what He has started in our lives. Let me just go back for just a second as well on uh, what I had mentioned about the importance of this. I talked about the different things that we're to keep our mind stayed on. If you remember, pure thoughts, good report, whatever thing is lovely, praiseworthy, virtuous. Keep your mind stayed on these, it says. Again, the underlined the words keep and stayed. Keep your mind stayed on these things because once we open up our thought life and our mind to anything other than that, what we're to keep our mind stayed on, then we find ourselves starting to go backwards and then eventually we may end up yielding our will as well. And you don't want to do that because then the territory God has promised you and I will be lost. See, God has a promise for you. God's made many promises in the Bible, and they're yours. Whatever God does for one person, he has already done for you. He's not a respecter of persons, and he will do that. So make sure to keep your mind stayed on him, whatever the thought, and seek God in your meditation. If you have a prayer language, I encourage you to use that a lot because that is when your spirit talks for you to Jesus. Be careful who you let have any room in your mind. They may decide to move one day and take you along with them. <laughs> so when you let people have room in your mind, now what do I mean by that? When you let people to have influence on what you're doing, because I will guarantee you if you find yourself seeking the Lord, if you find yourself going after him first, the devil immediately will step in and offer you options, choices. Just like Jesus in the desert we've talked about. Satan came to him with the word, perverted it, but he came with him with the word and tried to sway Jesus to get off task. Jesus was there to fast, right? So what did Satan ask? What did Satan tell him he could do? You know, you could turn that stone to bread. That would break his fast, which is breaking fast is breakfast. You're breaking your breakfast. That's basically what uh, fasting is. So Satan himself knew if I could just get Jesus off task, off what he was supposed to be doing at that moment. Folks, you don't have to worry down the road. Just keep on task right now. Don't get overwhelmed with the future and all that has to be done in the future. Find yourself resting in that moment with him. Whatever it is he's called you to do, you're not to worry about how's that going to happen. 
how in the world could Jesus, I know you want me to do this, but how in the world, I go through this a lot. I struggle with this a lot. I feel like Jesus gives me a task, and I can't see how it's going to turn into anything. And so I had to press past my understanding. That's why I said don't lean to your understanding. He said in all your ways. I love when Jesus says all and every. Because do you know what that means in Greek? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Les. All and every. It means exactly what it's saying. You don't have to overthink these things. When he said all, he means that. So if we keep our mind stayed on him, if we guard our heart, we lean not to an understanding, then we will not let go of our will. Now, our will is submitted to him. It's his will through us that we're talking about. When I say your will, I'm not talking about your flesh and your will. I'm talking about that will that you've established for God cannot be taken, or you lose, then you lose that connection and you create a separation with God, as I mentioned earlier. So, once again, be careful who you let have a room in your heart. Influence. Because they will give, once they have influence, the next step is they will give you suggestions and ideas. And I guarantee you, they will not be what you were on before you gave them influence. So, be careful how you, you let people have influence in your life or room in your heart or your mind. Because if they're not of God then they will be like a poison and they will infect your spirit and cause you to, to sway and consider other options. I have a little saying that if you chew on something, if you don't chew on something, you'll never know what it tastes like. So sometimes we don't need to stop and chew on something. You know what I mean? Think about it. Roll around in your mind, analyze it, break it down. How will it help me? See, those, these are wrong influences that we don't want to chew on. You don't want to give them a place in your brain and your mind. This word tells us that if he is my rock, salvation, defense, the word tells us that, that he is our rock, our salvation, and our defense. And if the Lord is always before me and at my right hand, I'm breaking down Scripture here, then we have favor. So let's go back and let's just talk about that just for a minute, okay? Okay. So, the Word tells us that if He is our rock, if He is our salvation, if He is our defense, and then He tells us He's our forever present help in time of need. Then we know that we have favor. And that is our goal in life is to have favor with God. Psalm 62.2. I shall not be greatly moved. Psalm 16.8. I shall not be moved. Psalm 30 verse 6. I shall never be moved. See, the important thing is that we, we establish ourselves in the Lord and don't be fickle up and down in yourself, in myself, in other people. Have you seen people that you don't know from day to day where the relationship is with the Lord? I mean, they're all over the place, whether it be emotionally or just intellectually 
constantly analyzing, saying, well, what if it doesn't mean this? What if that? What? You know what I think about when I do that? I was doing this with my wife the other day. Any of you that are old enough to remember Leave it the Beaver? Y'all remember Eddie Haskell? Well, Beaver's brother in the movie, in the program, said he died just the other day. His name was Wally. And B would go to him and he'd go, Wally? Wally? Because he always had a question for his older brother. Well, that's the way we are sometimes. Sometimes that Wally can sound like a whine. And we need to make sure that we establish a foundation in our life. Now, I realize there's a lot of things screaming at us. You have things to do in life. You have things that influence your life. You have a job. You got to pay bills. God knows all of that. That doesn't, that doesn't throw God because you have responsibilities. You don't have to pray, do I go into work today? Now, you may pray, God, do I have to? Really? Can I get another job? But do you have to pray to go to work in the morning? No. But you do want to pray for his will to be done when you go to work that day. You want to be, have the mind of Christ operating in your life. You need to be doing his will and don't let outside influences in your brain because they're, they're all around you, folks. They may be visual stimulus. They may be desires of your heart that have not been settled with you and God yet, but they're still there. Things to be reconciled. <clears throat> things to be completed. You may have influences by people that you greatly admire. Folks, be careful who you admire. <clears throat> be careful. You know, teenagers love to follow celebrities and stars and singers and this, but what bothers me is the stuff they're singing, the movies they're acting in, the shows that they're on. That's, that's bad. If, you, if you're not careful, then you are essentially letting people into your brain. You're giving them room in your heart. And the heart and the mind work very close together. The heart responds to what the mind has let in. And then we yield our will to that which the heart has been fed by the, the, the giving in of the mind. See how they all play together, the trifecta? 2 Corinthians 10.5. This is from the New King James Version. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Very familiar scripture. We're all familiar with this. Notice that we are to take every thought captive. Now, let me give you a little twist on this. You may not have thought of this way. Maybe you're way ahead of me and you've already done this. The Bible says to take every thought captive. Now, folks, that's referring to good and bad thoughts. What does it mean to take every thought captive? It means to be in charge. You decide. Not an outside influence or someone that's made refuge in your brain, but you have to be the one to make the decision what to do with that thought. You have good thoughts. If you have a thought come into your mind, you're going, where in the world did that come from? I wasn't even thinking about that. Well, you're not responsible for that. But what you do with it, you are, and you have about two or three seconds to do it. Now, I'm speaking very literally to you right now. 
You will have thoughts that you're not responsible for. But you're responsible for, in the next two or three seconds what you do with it. That is when you take them captive. That means I'm in charge. Every thought captive means I'm in charge of that thought. Now, every thought, Carlos, that's talking about good and bad. If it says every thought, would that not include good and bad? Absolutely. So you're to take every thought captive. Have you thought of the scripture? That's a very familiar scripture. But have you thought about it in that respect that when you take every thought captive, that means all good and all bad thoughts? That means you're going to have thoughts that you did not plant, you didn't think of, that were placed there. The devil can't read your mind, but he can give you thoughts. So you take that thought captive and say, I resist that. Now, what about the good thoughts? Are you going to do something with it or not? To take that thought captive, the good ones, means you're going to do something good with that thought. You're going to follow up because Jesus is speaking to you. Is that not awesome? Every thought means those of the devil and those of God. So you want to make sure that you take them captive and you put them in the proper category to get rid of or to embrace. Make sure you pick the right ones. Now, how do we do that? He said, ask for wisdom. If you ask and don't doubt, I will give you wisdom in abundance. I don't know about you guys, but I'm constantly in need of wisdom. There's always decisions to make, maybe small, maybe large, but folks, even the small decisions will cause you to be influenced by bigger ones later. Have you thought of that? Every thought is important, or he wouldn't say, take every thought captive. That means every thought that comes into your mind will serve a purpose to draw you closer to him or further away. Do you find days where you just feel like you can't find God? You just wonder where he is. I don't feel anything. I don't sense anything. Go right back to your foundation when you have those thoughts. Go back to your initial relationship with him and start reviewing. Review what he's done for you in the past and review what he's doing now and review what he's going to do. That will help you get everything back in perspective. It's just like forgiving someone that has done you wrong. You've forgiven them, then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you had this thought about them, and you chew on it. You know, we talked about that. You chew on it, and all of a sudden, you start getting mad again. Have you ever been there? I've been there. You know what I've learned to do? I don't have to get saved again. I don't even have to forgive them again, Sandy. I just simply need to review what God has already done. I've already forgiven them. Devil. I have forgiven them, and I now start blessing the person that the, the devil's want me to hate again. Listen, the devil loves to review well. Just as well as we're supposed to review the good things, the devil wants you to review the bad things. He wants that firmly implanted in your mind because, as you know, when you learn a new thought, you get a new wrinkle. Do you want good wrinkles or bad wrinkles? You have a choice. Your brain can be full of bad wrinkles. And I tell you what, if you have enough of them, they show up on your face easily. Have you ever seen someone with a hard heart on their face? Have you ever seen someone that is so far from God, you see the hardness of the life they've lived? You can just see it. They're 40 and they look 70. 
That is a physical manifestation of an inward heart. Have you ever seen someone that's over 100? I saw one just TV just say 102. Wow, was she sharp. I was amazed. Didn't look her age at all, I didn't think. <clears throat> Folks, you have a choice to make. They make all kinds of cosmetics and lotions and injections, everything to make you look like. Pull your skin here and there and tighten it, sew it, clap it, you know. <clears throat> They've got all kinds of things out there to make you look younger. Why don't you just walk with God? Why don't you just do His will, not your own? Why don't you find His peace that rests right here? Because He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Him. Folks, if your mind is stayed on Him and you have perfect peace, do you know how you look to the world? I want what they have. You haven't even said a word to them. Because everything you do oozes one, one testimony or another. <clears throat> do you realize that you have a testimony everywhere you go, whether you know him or not? Is it a good testimony or bad? Have you ever met someone that they talk about what they're going through and you find out later that it was 30 years earlier and they're still living it like it was today? They've never let it go. They've never surrendered it to Jesus. They've never turned it over to him. So we are to take every thought captive. So when you read that scripture, think of that next time. Every thought you have is to be taken captive. And you know what happens when you take every thought captive? Nothing gets here. Nothing gets here. Nothing gets in your walk. Nothing gets in that kick in your step. Nothing gets in your decision-making that calls you to do the wrong thing. We're very, we're very easily influenced. We're very vulnerable people, all of us. When we do, we are in control of everything coming in and going out. So there you go. So now we've taken every thought captive. We're not giving any room to anything that's not of God in our hearts or our minds. And now that we've got that control, which is essential, now, we got to think about what taking every thought captive does. It not only controls what's coming in, now it's going to control what comes out of you. That means you're not going to be caught off guard. The deeper you go, the, you might want to write this down. The deeper you go, the more, the less, un, uh, how do I word this? The deeper you go, the less you're caught off guard on things. Even when you don't know they're coming, Brenda, somehow, because you have maintained that constant walk with him, that all of a sudden this thing comes at you and you find yourself not responding like you used to. And it's encouraging. It should encourage you. Wow, I didn't yell. You know, years ago I would have yelled over that. That would have really bothered me years ago. But if you keep your mind stayed on him, you know what he does? He prepares you. I've said this before. When you are faithful from A to B, <clears throat> God has already been in, built into that process your success on C. Because A and B are what cause you to know what to do with C. That's why if you ever get away from God and you come back, you know what he'll do? He'll immediately take you to the last time you were faithful. And he'll start right there. Because you can't bypass A and B and go to C, D, and E if you've not been faithful on those previous letters. You can't do it. It's, you, it's called being 
uh, immature in Christ. It's called being a babe in Christ. <clears throat> so it's important. There is always in us a response to every thought. Have you thought about that? Every thought you get requires a response. <clears throat> we talked a little bit about that. In other words, we always have to decide what to do with every thought we have. We must have the support of faith in God and His Word to have that control of our thoughts. Let me repeat that because I want to break that down a little bit. We must have the support of faith. He said without faith it is what? Impossible. You know what Greek is for impossible? Impossible. It is impossible to please Him without faith. Do you know that's why he gave you a measure of faith? If you can't come to him unless he draws you, which the Bible says you can't, don't you have to have faith to respond to that draw? God does it all, folks. He will give you the measure of faith so that you can respond to his call. Everything comes down to what you and I do with his promises. It doesn't matter if by stripes you were healed. Do you realize what that means? That means every day you get up, you are healed. Every day you get up, you are. He didn't say by my stripes you, you could be healed. No, he said by my stripes you are. That means every day you get up, your healing is that day. It's yours. Why is it that day? Because he already did it. He didn't say you have access to healing. He said, now listen to me. Folks, we repeat the Scripture all the time. He said, you were healed. It is yours. It is yours. No one can take it unless you leave a space in your brain to cause you to doubt and let unbelief in. Just like the man who had the son that was sick, who had a spirit in him that caused him to be mute. He first believed with great faith when he went to the disciples. They couldn't heal him. You don't think the disciples believed? Why do you think they said to Jesus, why couldn't we do this? We've done it before. They believed. Let me tell you what the problem was. The man believed. <clears throat> and when it didn't happen, what happened? Unbelief stepped in. Now the disciples were doubting that they could do it. Now the man is saying to Jesus, if you can. See where he dropped? You see where his faith dropped? He said, if you can, would you heal my son? And Jesus said, what did, what did he say to him? Only believe. Now, do you think that, that scripture was just for that man's son, like that was something special? No. He's saying to you, Sandy. He's saying to you and you. Honey, he's saying to you. He's saying, just believe. That's what he's saying. Every time you pray, he is saying, only believe. Now, what does he mean by only? Don't allow doubt to infect your faith. Don't let it get in there, and don't let it mess with your faith, because he's already told you all you need is the faith of a grain of mustard seed to move a mountain. That, you've seen the seeds on a bun, right? A mustard seed is about half that size. Why did Jesus pick a mustard seed? Because, folks, it doesn't take much to move God. But it does take a lot to get unbelief out of the way. 
The man said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Do you realize now that we have Scripture to prove that you can have both? You can have faith and unbelief at the same time. That's why Jesus said, only believe. So we need to keep our mind stayed on him. Every thought. We have every thought, as Scripture refers to every thought, that's all good and bad thoughts. We must monitor and evaluate all thoughts so as not to be caught off guard against deception. This is really important. We must monitor and evaluate all thoughts. That's what I meant by take every thought captive. This is the definition of taking thoughts captive, to monitor and evaluate every thought. Why? So that you're not caught off guard. Have you ever had a thought and just put it in a room somewhere? I'll put it up here. I'll think about that. I don't have time right now to think about that. I'll do that later. Well, you've placed it in a place where it now can infect you. Now it's going to cause you not to have a clear mind when you evaluate things. We've all had days like that. You just feel like, I just feel like my mind's not clear today. I'm just not thinking clearly. Well, that means your mind is muddled with a lot of stuff. It's like one minister said one day, he said, sometimes I just feel like I'm down in the mud blowing bubbles. You ever felt that? You ever felt like overwhelmed? Well, clean it out. How do you do that? Praise Him. Get into the Word. Hide the Word in your heart. Listen to sermons. Listen to worship music. Bless, bless the Lord. Do something for us. So you're cleaning out all the garbage that you've allowed to store up there in your mind and take place in your heart to cause your heart to get harder or softer based upon what you allow in. Proverbs 4, 23 through 27. This is from the New Living Translation. Guard your heart above all else. Above all else? Folks, if you don't have a clean room, you cannot move in. If you do not have a clean room, you're going to have to get rid of some guests. You're going to have to kick a few people out. Maybe in your life, relationship-wise, or thoughts they've left you as they went by you. You know, people plant thoughts in your head as they walk by. You may never see them again, but they'll say one thing. Oh, that'll never happen. I know a guy that tried that, and he died. I'll never forget the story where a man was getting ready to eat a donut, and his secretary came in and said, oh, see, I have a friend that loved donuts. Where is he today? He said, he's dead. And so he looks at the donut, and he lays it down, and he leaves. The secretary goes in, picks up the donut, takes a bite. She said, of course, he was hit by a truck. <laughs> she got, so you got to be careful. you got to keep your mind stayed on him. Proverbs 4, 22, 23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Did you hear that? Man, you talk about just wrapping it up and something being important and guarding your heart and your thoughts. Think about that. For it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Now listen to this, folks. This is a little bit about those things I've been talking about, about guarding every thought, good and bad, and don't let them plant in your mind. If you don't chew on something, you'll never know what it tastes like. You won't miss it. 
You won't miss it if you haven't had it. Do you miss living in a mansion on the, on, down the Florida Keys? No, because you don't have one. How are you going to miss something you don't have? You can desire it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Just make sure that God's in it. It's that simple, folks. It's that simple. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Folks, don't get too caught up in the present. We live in the present. We walk in the present, and it influences our life right then. But don't allow yourself to stay there. Move forward always in your walk with God. Not, not necessarily physically, but sometimes physically as well, depending on what God wants you to do. But you need to be moving forward. Moving forward with what? Your thoughts, your decision-making, checking with God. Mark out a straight path for your feet. You know, I always look on my Google to get directions, and it always says this. 250 miles as the crow flies. In other words, a straight line. That's the shortest path, right? Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. You know horses that wear the binders whenever they run? They don't want them to be sidetracked by the things on the sides, the sidelines, the circus, the carnivals, the sideshows. You can't allow yourself to do that. Now, if you do, folks, don't be too hard on yourself. Repent, dust yourself off, get your binders on, and say, Jesus, let's try again. Don't let the devil defeat you when you miss it. Because he'll love to pull you down. And that's giving him a room. I realize I'm right on time, but I'd like to finish this one thought if I could real quick. This is why we must evaluate every thought so as to not get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil, it says. Keep your feet from following evil. If you don't chew on something, this is what I mentioned, then you will never know what it tastes like. Jesus, I want to thank you for the privilege. I felt like I got a slow start in trying to get my bearings here, and I trust I was able to get back on this and give them something because I, I really believe that, that we need to be consistent in our thought life, and you can help us to get there. It doesn't happen overnight, but, oh, God, may we at least be on the journey. We at least be on the process. Those that are listening live, those that are in the class, those that are listening on delay, I want to thank you for being with us. And I want to lift up a prayer for everyone here. Whatever your need is, physical, mental, emotional, psychological, financial, it may be all of them. I just want you to know that God cares. But if you'll get to a place where you grab a hold of his promises and say, I will not let them go, just like the woman she would not let Jesus go until she touched the hem of his garment. She would not do it. She said, if only I touched the hem of his garment. Jesus didn't tell her to touch his garment. She said, if only I, she spoke her faith. And then she walked her faith and received the result of her faith. So I pray blessings on you. Receive it, folks. It's yours. It's yours. In the name of Jesus, I speak a blessing over each one of you. Receive it. It's yours. You can have it. 
You can have all that God has. God has plans for you. God has a purpose for you. Those listening online, those are with us live, we're on delay. Grab it. It's yours, but don't let it go. Find the Word of God that, that, that coincides with your situation and stand on it. Post it in your house. Read it when you go by it. Memorize it. Hide it in your heart. And do not let it go. When God promises something, that means it's yours if you don't let it go. We bless you, all of you, in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much.